0: And, we'll and welcome back. back to Draft Vice. We're back. Um, took a little bit of a break, you know, with the draft being over. Finished my coverage of that, and I'm working on a new project. Check it out. It's called Punk Law 101, and I am Walter. And we are here. And we're back at Draft Vice all over again, right? And uh, it's not football season yet, it's kind of been a little bit quiet on that front, so I thought I'd take two weeks off, and now I'm back and I'm going to keep doing some, I'll do a weekly episode all the way up till July, um, starting in the beginning of July will be a couple of episodes a week, and we're going to start hammering out more stuff as we get to the end of this, this month, but uh, I felt like it was a good time to work on a couple of other projects and kind of get ready to, to ramp up for the summer. So anyway, uh, well, uh, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. and You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, death is in the end of life, punch like a delicious drink. Uh, I, I mentioned before, we did the draft coverage, go check that out. And uh, yeah, well, today's episode uh, is going to be like, one of those more niche topics. I'm talking about the Jets, and why am I talking about the Jets, right? Uh, yo, Walt, what's going on with the Jets? Well, Jamal Adams has demanded a trade, everybody. Um, I might, you know, the, one of the last episodes I actually did on the draft was on the Jets. Uh, and again, I, you know, this big question so far has been with Jamal Adams, you know, were they going to trade him last season? They were listening to calls and stuff like that. Uh, they had a really good draft and now we're getting to this point and, uh, Jamal Adams wants out. And I don't think he wants out for like no good reason, right? So what happened was, is I think from what I can tell from the, the tweets and the Instagramming of Jamal Adams is that he was expecting an offer sheet in the off season, uh, to at least start the conversation. Right? I'm not saying that he like maybe he did thought maybe they couldn't come to terms or they reached an impasse. He is saying right now he has not even gotten an offer sheet, which is kind of weird, right? And they hold and his he is saying he was supposed to get it in January and then they kicked it to the draft, which was what Rich Samini so far uh, suggested. So basically, uh, Jamal Adams is a little annoyed. And listen, most people would be annoyed if you were told you were going to get a raise and then your boss kept on kicking it down the road. And yeah, sometimes there's reasons as to why, you know, things get kicked down the road. And and people have made the point about coronavirus, and I get that. On the other end, there's not really much stopping him from getting a raise, right? Like coronavirus, while creating some issues, and we will talk about it, I don't think stops you from giving Jamal Adams a raise. So let's talk about Jamal Adams, right? What can the Jets do with Jamal Adams? They basically have three options, right? They can extend him, they could trade him, or they can hold their cards. Like, they could just say, listen, deal with it, buddy. And I'm going to go over the, the, the pros and cons of each one, right? First one, extend him, right? Uh, I'm a big fan of extending him. You look at his cap hit, right? His cap hit this year is uh, $7.1 million. Uh, half of that is signing bonus, so if they trade him away, he would only be a 3.35 cap, hit, a 3.5 cap hit on whatever team he was going to. But for them, it's a seven million dollar cap hit. Uh, they did take his, they did activate his fifth year option. His fifth year option is nine million eight hundred sixty thousand. So that's a, it's a chunk of change, but it's it's not like extremely expensive, and it's not really cheap either. So it's, but it's a solid amount of money. That's a you know that's not like you know you, you that that is not rainy day money, so almost ten million they are spending on him in twenty twenty one if they were to franchise tag him, it would be fourteen probably be fourteen million in twenty twenty two right uh and the reason why I'm getting at that number is you know you might look at the franchise tag number and go it's only eleven million this year, Walter but we're talking about 2 years down the line and right now it's the the five average salaries of the sa- of the people at your position and if you look at the average salaries for safeties going into 2020 it is on average 14 million for the top 5 guys you know uh, so and we'll go over a couple of those guys is uh, that Landon Collins had a contract uh so anyway, uh, we'll go over some of those guys later on. But when you uh, so, you're already going to have to pay him 14 million dollars down the road if you want a franchise tag him two years from now. Um, my personal p- opinion is, is when you have a player you believe is part of your franchise that you think is going to be there long term, and he is at, he is an elite level player, right? Now here, the question's positional value, and we'll get into that. But my opinion is, is if you plan to keep a guy the second he becomes available and you have him on contract you have leverage to get him at a better deal so for instance say they were to give him an extension right now and even if they were to in theory pay him on the extended part of the on the so on the extended part of the contract like a top-end safety, like the highest-paid safety, which is Eddie Jackson right now is $14.6 million, right? Say that we're going to pay him $14.8 million per annual on the extended years of the contract. Keep in mind, even we'll even go up to $15 million. How about that? We'll go up to $15 million. We're million. Re- we're going to pay you like you are a true leader at the p- this position, Jamal. We're talking about on the extended years of the contract. So we're not talking about this year and we're not talking about next year we're not talking about the 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 seven million this year and the nine million next year that stays relatively the same right you can uh depending on what you want to do with your cap make it that you were paying that money next year but you don't have to because that's your fifth year option so you you can make it as part of the extension so say uh actually when i did this math earlier it came out to 13 million, and I was incorrect on what his fifth-year option was. So it actually is going to probably be less than that. But uh, so now you have two years where you have him under contract for for less than 10 million, and then you have three years where you have him under contract for 15 million. What basically he's gonna want to get, he wants his guaranteed money. He's gonna want to know he's getting a little bit more money going in the future, lock it up, and be able to, you know, be able to save for his family. He doesn't think he's making 40 million on this. He's even announced it. He's like, listen, I'm not making Mahomes' money. If I was making Mahomes' money, you wouldn't hear a peep out of me like next year. But we know that's not the case. He knows that's not the case. He knows the top end of his market is about 15 million. There are some rumors that he wants to be the highest paid jet on the team as of right now. That's C.J. Mosley, which would be about 17 million. I don't know how much I buy on that. Some of that might be negotiation. So, like I said, I think. But what you are getting is for those three years where you're paying 15 million at the end of these this extension for the extended years. What you are basically getting is a five year deal at like 12.8 or 13 million dollars that's really good so imagine you get to really say well yeah it's a three-year extension of 15 million a year but reality is your average over the next five years is really 12 to 13 million 12 to 13 million for jamal adams on your team yo i'm signing that i'm signing that deal now buddy hell let's see if we can add four years on that deal right like get him on long term and then you know maybe you can get hit to a second contract before he's 30. And then you can let them walk and maybe get a comp pick at the end of that. But still, you are now creating value. Or you can trade them later on, too. Like again, because you can have years of that deal that are not guaranteed. And you never know that might not be considered a heavy contract for a safety going into the future, right? I know there's a lot of worries about COVID-19, right? Like everybody's going, oh, there's a cap crunch coming. That's very possible. That is totally true. Uh, that it could happen partially because about 20 to 30 percent of the revenue comes from uh, people being in the stands, and that sounds like the real thing that's going to hurt the revenue. It's not going People are going to tune into the games. In fact, it might have more people tuning into the games. And as the next few years come on, you're going to have more games to watch. So with the 17th game and the extra playoff game, so over the next couple of years, you're going to have some of that money made back up. In fact, they're going to be making way more money, plus the new CBA uh, has a bigger portion of profit sharing for the players. That increase will increase the, the, uh, the cap in the future. The big worry is going into next year because of the, the lack of fans and the stands going into this year. Totally understandable. I do think that m- might be an issue for some teams. If you were the Jets, though, you were already paying Jamal Adams almost $10 million. So even if you were going to make part of this extension, you were going to make some of that money go into next year, which you don't have to, then you're maybe extending it to, like, a couple of million. You're not, you're not necessarily – and what you're really doing it for is cap relief into the future. I think that's a good move. I don't know. For me, if I really like Jamal Adams, I like the way he plays. I like the way he is in coverage. I like the ability to use him as a blitzer, as an outside linebacker, and the ability to run a, a pure nickel and pure dime system To not even have to go in to worry about sub-packages. So be able to use him as your nickel backer, your outside backer, your safety, his versatility – now I understand in his pass coverage is is great, but he also doesn't usually get you much as far as pass breakups, and uh, and interceptions. But he's always in the right place. He he's a uh, he's a piece. He's a, a weapon. He's a leader on the defense, and it seems like everybody there is on the same page with him, it, except for where it comes to the contract. So here's the question, right? So say the the Jets and me aren't seeing eye to eye on this, right? They don't they don't agree with me. They say, listen, we don't want to create the precedent of uh, extending a guy who has two years left on his deal. I understand that for second contract players. I don't understand it for players that are on their first year option on their first year your your rookie deal, because um, if you're on the rookie contract, you're you're only eligible to get an extension. And also, it's a it's a kind of a cockamamie you know, set up. Like, there, there, there's no capitalism involved in it. It's you you were drafted, and you take that contract. So, with that being said, I, I personally believe that, like, listen, if you like a player and you see them as your long-term, you have leverage now. You have more leverage now than you will ever have. You have a year left on his rookie deal plus the fifth-year option plus the ability to franchise tag him. That is enough to get him to agree to a deal, I think, personally, That if you want to extend him, and yeah, okay, you're going to throw a little bit of extra guaranteed money up in the air a little bit, maybe. But that gives you an option down the line to... You're going to have him at a cheaper deal. You're never going to get him cheaper than you are going to be with this deal. So say they don't agree with me on that. Say that, you know what, we don't think this is the guy we want long-term. Fine. I think your option, too, is trade him, right? The big problem with trading him and trading Jamal Adams is figuring out the value for Jamal Adams. I think for a lot of teams, he is very valuable, but it depends on, A, the defense you're running, the value of safety in your defense, and what he does to your defense. Like, he could basically, you know, him and Derwin James and, like, maybe one or two other guys really play that position in a manner that is uh, that useful, that that you can maybe utilize as, like, he, like I said before, you can run a pure nickel or pure dime defense, which means you could have all defensive backs, one linebacker on the field, uh, you would, you can literally just make it a a coverage defense and he you wouldn't be really losing much in the run game because you would have Jamal Adams who could also, again, is a very good run stopper, but again, very good in coverage. So with that said, um, say you yourself, the Jets, are saying, listen, we don't see this as part of our future. We don't value safety that much. What is the value of... That if you're the Jets, and it, personally for me, if I'm the Jets, I want a first-rounder for them, right? I know a lot of my friends are Jets fans. They really want a first-rounder for them. You might have to settle for an equivalent of a first-rounder, right? Uh, you might not get a pure first-rounder. You might get a second-rounder plus a player or a, a second-rounder plus another pick, maybe even including a player. So you would need more than just, you know, you're probably looking for the first-round value concept, where uh, I know some people are like, I want a top 10 pick, and I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like, that's – I understand you want that. We all want that. You're not getting a top 10 pick for Jamal Adams. To me, it would have to – like, because you think about what the value of Jamal Adams is for the Jets, right? It really is probably a first-round value. For him to go to another team, um, I don't think a lot of teams have him as a first-round value for them given what's left on his contract, Right. You get one year at 3.5 million. That's really good. I do like that, but it's one year. And his fifth year option, which is about 10 million dollars, good deal, but not amazing. And then his, you know, and then if you franchise tag him, it's a 14, maybe even more 14 million dollars or more deal. And then, or you do the extension. Now he's already released a list of players to, uh, uh, uh not uh, not Ian report, I think it was Schefter tweeted it, he has a list of teams that he'd be willing to go to, which includes uh, the Eagles, the Texans, the Cowboys, and I. Th- well, the second I heard the Eagles, I went, that's the team I think would be perfect for him. For some reason in my head, if there's a team that's willing to trade a first-round pick to get his kind of play, I think it's the Eagles. I think that's the team where he would match up maybe the best. Um, Cowboys, too, the only problem is, I, I don't know, because I think the Cowboys down the line, look a little bit more sh- worrisome. Like, I like I think this, they had a great draft this year, right? I'm going to do my most improved teams from the offseason next week, and uh, I do think they are part of it. But my issue is that there's just – I think there's pieces going into next year that they need a first-round pick to fix. I don't think that's the same for the Eagles, and I think Jamal Adams going there would be great. Um, the Texans were mentioned, but the problem is the Texans don't exactly have a lot of draft capital. They trade a lot away for Laramie Tunsil, um, so I don't know if that's going to be a very viable option. Uh, there might be some other teams that he'd be interested in being traded to, but he would want an extension, right? Uh, for instance, maybe the Browns have been mentioned before. Uh, they have some cap space, and they are looking to play like a very nickel-dime-heavy defense. I get that the I get the idea there. The problem is I don't see the value for the Browns, given that they uh, they just they have two rookie they have two guys on rookie contracts who are playing safety for them. They also have Sadejo and Carl Joseph, and the ability to kind of be cheap at that position for them is actually pretty good for them right now. Now, maybe it would be a good pickup for them, but I can't see them expending maybe like a second-round pick on them. Um, I'm just trying to pull through some of these. Uh, yeah, some teams that Jamal Adams is willing to be traded to, uh, he won't immediately request an extension. So some of these teams may be the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Basically, this guy wants to go to a Super Bowl. Seahawks would be an interesting one. I think Seahawks would maybe trade a first rounder for him too. They need a guy to replace the Cam Chancellor role. He definitely fits that mold. Um, and those would maybe be teams that would be on the precipice of trading a first rounder uh, because they're at the end of the first round. And I could see a value for like they're all, they're all peren- He he wants to go to a perennial playoff team, and he's saying, "Listen, I'm willing to go to these teams." It sounds like without expending, uh, without requiring him to give him an extension. Like, he's not going to do what he's doing to the Jets, to them. Kind of a dick move, but it un- it's understandable because what you're trying to do is, listen, if I can't get an extension, what I want is to play in- on a team for this price, where I want to go. So I get it. Um, before I mentioned the safeties, right, uh, That where their contracts were, the top five safeties are Eddie Jackson at $14.6 million, uh, Kevin Byard at 14.1. Tyron Matthew at 14, uh, Landon Collins at 14, and Earl Thomas at 13.75. Uh, so that, that's going to come out to about 14 million on average for if you were going to franchise tag him. And then it, it, somebody had mentioned to me, what if we just did the whole double franchise thing, right? Now I thought that was I thought they were going to try and get rid of that with the new CBA. Uh, apparently it is not gone. So what happens is if you do double franchise tag him, though, his second. Franchise tag is going to be one hundred and twenty percent of his last contract, which was it's going to be an estimated fourteen million. Which, if it is his uh, his second franchise tag, would be sixteen point eight million, which is way more than any safety in the NFL as of right now. So I don't see that being an option. I think I, I really do think that it's going to be if they want to get a first round pick, what they're going to have to do is trade him, maybe like swap a later round pick. And or a mid round pick for like to, to get a first rounder for them, or they could take a second rounder and maybe a player. One of the thoughts that I've seen before and I kind of like is Yannick Ngakwe in a second rounder. Although I think the Jags value Yannick Ngakwe way more, um, and I don't think they want to trade their second rounder next year. Just you know, depending on where they're going to be in the draft, maybe they want to get. Again, like one of the top quarterbacks in the draft next year. So I don't see them expounding expounding picks to go ahead and, you know, to just trade for a safety. Um, One of the other options I heard was to Dallas, but a second-rounder in Michael Gallup. Uh, I've seen some Jets fans say they want a first-rounder in Michael Gallup, and I don't see the Dallas Cowboys doing that. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be like, no, go pound salt we might trade you a first-rounder, we might trade you Michael Gallup, but we're not trading you both. Like, it just doesn't make sense for them to do that. So, I could see the Cowboys being interested in trading for a safety and trading their first-rounder. I think that's very risky, but it's it's possible considering their safety woes. Um, there was also talk that Jerry Jones was interested in last year in trading a 1st round to pick for him. So, if that's the case, maybe... Uh, Maybe that is where they kind of get to a meeting of the minds. So, like I said, you got to find the market. There's some teams where he's just not going to be a part of their 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 scheme. Uh, there's some teams where even if he's a part of their scheme, he's not part of the the positional value because, like I said before, safety is a weird position. Now, it might be like a position like tight end where it's undervalued, and you are getting a player of high quality out of that. I think I think there's quite a few safeties that. Because they are on cheaper deals, if you see this with the Patriots, they value safety a lot. Why? Because you can keep safety at a cheaper contract than, say, paying high-end corners and way cheaper than paying high-end pass rushers. This is becoming, I think, a theme in the NFL, and once other teams catch on to the value of maybe safeties. Now, safety is also a very schematic thing, so it depends on the team. Uh like I said before, some teams are just not going to value him that high. Some teams might value him highly, but, again, like a first-rounder is a lot. First-rounder, especially, like, if you are not sure where you might be next year in the draft, which is why I think certain teams, Yeah, you know, I know people have mentioned the Browns. I know people have mentioned, um, I don't know about the Titans. The Titans would actually be an intriguing one. I'm shocked the Titans aren't on his shortlist uh, because he would be a fun match for the Titans. Uh... But, again, like a, a couple of other teams. That I But I do understand maybe the Niners being interested. Uh, teams that have been very much built into that a uh, uh, that Seahawks cover three defense, like teams that want that Cam Chancellor role in there, and he could definitely be the leader and you know, the punisher on your defense. Uh, again, I think Seahawks would be a good match. I think the Cowboys would be a good match. But what happens, right? What happens if they don't get a deal in the door, right? What if the Jets are just like, we don't want to hear anybody – we're not getting value for them. We want, we we want more than what people are willing to pay us. Fine. What is the next step? Well, the next step is do nothing. And what are the risks with that? Right? Like players are probably not going to hold out as much anymore, uh, because the new CBA, uh, makes it relatively harder to hold out. You you run the risk of not accruing seasons, uh, if you're on your second contract. They uh, they can't waive fines. So when you uh for not showing up. So if you are doing that, you know, you are running a big risk that you might not, you know, make it to your, you know, may be considered accruing a season. But that just rules out the holdout. The other concept is to do a hold in, which I think is way more detrimental to the team. Um... You know, we saw this with Jalen Ramsey last year. You now have a player taking up a spot on your team who you were not able to count on on a week-to-week basis, and now all of a sudden you're on week three of your season, and he's pretending he has a hammy. That's not working, and uh, it could create a real issue. It could create a problem, you know, scheming uh, for your team. It can create a problem, you know, going into the year. Uh, it would create a real dispute, and you really would have a hard time fighting it. And, again, like he could just be a, a headache in the locker room. I don't think Jamal Adams wants to do that. I don't think a lot of players want to do that. I think players think that their reputation's on the line. They want to play with their team. They don't want to go ahead and be disruptive. But now you've taken out the holdout. Now you're going to get a lot more players being hold-ins. And I, I think this is going to end up being a bigger headache than teams think. So, if that happens, that's a headache for them. It also... I mentioned on Twitter, and I, I'm going to mention this, the concept of goodwill, right? Um, I understand that there, you know, that the ambiguity with the cap happened with COVID, and the Jets kind of want to keep kicking it down the road. Um, but when you keep telling a player, a player who's your star player, that you're going to pay them, and you keep kicking the can down the road, it still sends a bad message to team to your to your players on your team to players that are not on your team, and even though Joe Douglas came in with a, a shit show of a ship, and he's tried correcting it. I, I was a big fan of his draft. Uh, I am a big fan of his. Uh, he's had some question marks now. We don't know whose issues they've been, but there was the the Calicio Semley issue last year. You know, there might be some things that might scare players away from coming to the Jets, and you don't want that. You want to build a culture of winning, and you want to be a team that players want to come to. Now, it might be irrelevant on that note. People, you know, two years down the line, if the Jets are winning, no player is going to remember the Colletchio Semele and Jamal Adams situation. But it might be a thing that down the line you go, but before you get down the line to winning, you might need a couple of free agents to pop in at cheap deals, and you might be like, "Listen, come to the Jets. We're in New York. Uh, you know, come hang out at the Meadowlands." And they might be like, "Listen, I saw what you did to Jamal Adams. I saw what you did to Ko. Like, I'm not a big fan of that. So, it might make the Jets a lesser destination for a lot of players. So, I don't know. I I I kind of think that if you were promising him to pay him money. The the least you can do. I'm not saying you have to give him everything. I'm not even saying you have to sign him to a deal. I'm saying give him an offer. Give him a cheap offer. Give him a lowball deal. I don't know. Like and maybe that might be more insulting to him. Um, maybe they're worried about the guaranteed money. But it sounds like he hasn't gotten an offer at all. Like I think it depends. If, if they've given him, if they've been in conversations and they're just not anywhere near each other. That's a different story. I don't think we're even at that. I, he said, "I don't. I don't think he's even gotten like any kind of call on this. It's. He seems more upset because he hasn't even been reached out to. There's not even a conversation. Like I think you know, like one of his comments was on Miles Garrett getting a, you know, you know, being in talks for an extension with the Browns. I think he just wants the conversation going. I don't think he's sitting there going like, oh, you know, uh, I can't believe they don't want to pay me $17 million." Like, listen, there. It's a negotiation. He's going to have his position. He's going to have his numbers, and they're going to have theirs. And if they came to him and said, "Listen, we want to pay you 14 million because uh, right now you're still under contract for the next two years. We'll give you a 14 million dollar extension, or even better, 14.7. We'll make you just higher than Eddie Jackson, but the downside is going to be, you know, it's just part of the extension. You know, on average, your your contract is going to be probably in the 12 to 13 range." Honestly, he might say, you know what, I get to say I got, I'm the highest paid safety in the AFL, and then not only that, he gets, you know, he gets a signing bonus again. He gets the extension signing bonus. So there, there's a lot to it that I think that is valuable, and you can get him, on average, at a lot cheaper of a deal right now. The last thing I want to touch on, and I, I mentioned it before, is the cap potentially being an issue. Um, I think it's only going to be an issue for one to two years, though. And you kind of know what you're paying on this guy already, you really might not have to worry about paying much more over the next few years regardless. And you know it's going to bounce back. Like, unless the world ends in two years, which at that point, who cares anyway, you are, uh, you have the ability to, to make this money back up. So... I don't know. You, there's no other teammate. There's no other player you're really paying a lot of money for, right? The next guy you're paying is Sam Darnold. Everybody else in that team is a cheap contract, or, 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 or a fuck up from before, or you know who knows. But, uh, my personal feelings are, you got to get value out of Adams while he's on your team, and that means either extending him on a cheap deal. And listen, I understand the. I I, I now here's the counterpart, right? I've been, I been I was talking to somebody earlier. Jets fan uh, on the Twitterverse, and we were talking. He's like, Listen, you don't extend safeties, like, it's just not like there's there's no value in extending a safety like that because th- there's a positional value issue. I get that to an extent, right? Um, you know, he was saying you only do that with tackles, quarterbacks, and pass rushers, and I'm like, You know, you, you do that until it, it, it's the rule until it's not the rule, right? Um, in this scenario, yeah, he's a safety, but there's not a lot of safeties taken in the first round. There's definitely not a lot of safeties taken in the top ten. There's not a lot of safeties score as high level and high quality as Jamal Adams and what he does to a defense. Um, so there, there is an argument that this is the special case scenario. I was talking, we talked about the, the Christian McCaffrey extension, right? It is, it is, this is a special case scenario. And you are getting a player that is unique for their position. The same thing is going for Jamal Adams. He is unique to his position. Um, and maybe not. Maybe he's not totally unique, but uh, and, and maybe there's even players out there who do produce an 80 to 90 percent of what he is. I, uh, and I, I like him as a player. I think the, and I actually might undervalue undervalue him compared to Jets fans. But I, I like when the people were floating the idea of the Browns trading a first rounder for him. I was like, don't do that. So, I, I understand maybe like people being all over the place. You know, I know a lot of Jets fans want more than just a first round pick for him. I don't think you're getting that Jets fans. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think you're hor- horribly off base. But I just don't think it. I think it's gonna be a hard sell getting that. Uh and then a second rounder, if I'm the Jets, I don't want a second rounder for him. I'm getting a second rounder for him. I want another player involved. That's why the Yannick Ngakwe uh, suggestion was pretty cool in my head, except I don't think the Jags are getting rid of second round picks out of nowhere. So, where does this leave us? Um, like I said, potentially a hold out or a holdin. Uh The Jets kind of needing to scrub up their name a little bit. You know, try to be like, listen, we're trying to be winners. We, uh, We reward our guys, and again, creating value, getting something out of your own guys, so overall, uh, I, I really do, I'm intrigued by this scenario, this is actually something I wanted to talk about for a while, and it just came back up again, so this is the perfect time, so uh, if you want, follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, death is in the end of life, Punk, uh, punch like that, delicious drink you drink in the summer. You can also check out my new podcast called Punk Law 101. It is a legal news and commentary and semi-comedy podcast, and there's some videos we're playing around with. And um, and that the link to that will be in the bio as well. Uh... Again, uh we we talk about all different things. If you want to get a little bit more into the legal world, uh and here's some of my uh s- some some stuff we you know the Supreme Court opinions came out this week, a couple of them. Uh we discussed a little bit of that. We're just gonna discuss a little bit more next week. And uh other than that, take care. I'll be back next week. Uh I'm gonna finally do those uh those call-outs to the people who've commented on the videos. Uh that'll be my first video next week. I'm gonna do some fantasy football discussion. Yeah, and I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be doing this. And I'm, I'm listen, take care, ta-ta, farewell, goodbye. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I love the past. I love the future.